Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. I am unwilling to give up that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out. Knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control. 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 Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I'm so excited to have my next guest here. We have Jen Zezit, who is the co-founder and CEO of a fairly new brand that you are going to absolutely love if you have not tried it yet. It's called it's called Goodles. And I was introduced to it a couple of years ago, right when they were getting going by an industry uh, friend of mine, Deb Luster. And I was just so excited about it. And I haven't even told Jen the story, but I brought it home and it was on the counter. And my son, who's now a freshman in college, uh, grabbed it. He was starving. And he uh, liked one of those other mac and cheese brands and he tried it and he reads ingredients. He was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this or not, but I'm starving. And he had it immediately and he became like one of your number one fans. And he's told so many people about it. You guys had uh, sent over a box recently and a bunch of his uh, if his other college friends were over and they were like, what is this? And he totally, he was your brand ambassador. Um, oh so God. it was, uh, yeah, it was, wow. it was so fun. And he was like, this is really good. My mom knew this one, you know, I mean, the whole story, he's got you, he's got it all down. And then obviously the other the actress that uh, well, I'll get you to chat about, who has also been involved in the brand too. He had seen some of uh, some of that marketing. So reimagining everyone's beloved mac and cheese. Uh, Goodles is reinventing the prepared pasta aisle. So making macaroni uh, nutrient dense and protein packed. Uh, but we're going to allow Jen to do a much better job than I am of of actually sharing a lot more about this brand. It's only two years old, so you're not totally hiding under a rock if you haven't heard about it, but they've already sold over nine, get this, billion noodles. I mean, that's just crazy, crazy, crazy. So excited for you and so excited to have Jen here with us today to talk about the brand and the journey. So welcome, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Sounds like your son would do a better job of introing Gettles than I would, but um, that was an amazing. Thank you. So excited. So what inspired you to create Gettles? Can you tell us the backstory? Yeah. Well, the backstory. So I've been a, this is my fourth time as a CEO. So 
Um, and my last company was making healthy, healthy food as well. And, you know, love kind of the space and all of those sorts of things. And it was one of those things where I was not ready to start another company. You know that feeling where you're like, oh, no, no, no. I know what life force goes into that thing. And I'm not, I can't do it again. I just can't. And my husband was like, you promise? So I'm like, I promise. And sure enough, um, well, you mentioned Deb, Deb Lester. She's one of my founding team members. Paul Earl, um, who is an incredible, my co-founder and an incredible branding professor, I got Gal Gadot, who's uh, an old friend and also happens to play Wonder Woman and movies and things like that. And then Molly, my and my Molly Mache, who's my head of R and D. Um, like the five of us got together, and it was like, guys, geez, it's like a million boxes are sold a day of that leading brand. And, you know, Deb Lester, as you know, is one of the original presidents of Annie's. But that was 36 years ago that any innovation on the nutrition front has even happened. So from a branding perspective, nothing has happened. Nutritionally, it hasn't evolved at all. And food science is so much more advanced, you know. Um, and then we looked at it and we said, well, why is it that the main leading brands think that mac and cheese is only for kids? And no offense to, you know, Deb's former brand, but, you know, push the bunny's tail to open the box. And, you know, it was like, you know, noodle art to do with your three-year-old and all that kind of stuff. Super cute, great and everything. But I love mac and cheese. We all love mac and cheese. And it was just this like, lightning bolt aha that said, wait a minute, I think there's a chance to not just steal share. I think there's a chance to grow share. Because if you think about like, I don't know, ice cream, sure, kids love ice cream, but everybody can love ice cream as, as much as you want. And a big part of that is because brands chose to have good branding. They put good ingredients in, they get innovated on flavors, all those sorts of things. Meanwhile, there's this like multi-billion dollar category is just sitting here and hasn't evolved in 36, 86 years. So we, it was just, it was one of those things where I was like, I'm not going to do it again. It was a 20 minute phone call with my co-founder, Paul. And I walked into the room and my husband goes, he, I didn't even say a word. He just goes, oh my God, you're doing it again. And I'm like, ah, I am, but it's such a good idea. It like has to happen. And like the whole thing just popped into my head on how we were going to unveil this. So I was certain from day one um, that there is a massive, massive opportunity for a modernization and a re reimagining of this beloved category, which is mac and cheese. But, you know, then we went and started to fundraise and we got we hit a total brick wall. We were told no in every possible way. We were told no um, by very serious industry people who said, no way, you can never go up against those big companies. They're just going to Slam you, you can't raise enough money to even compete in that market. Just stay away. Uh, we were told by VCs that um, our branding and our boxes looked not healthy enough. They were, they were like, why weren't they hmm. brown? They should be, if they're healthy and if they have 21 nutrients from veggies and they've got protein and all of that kind of stuff, couldn't it, you know, couldn't it have like some broccoli doing some push-ups or something like that on the front? And you're like, no, what are you not hearing? Like, it's not for kids and we need to modernize. We want to make it sexy and beautiful and fun. We want it to look like a disco party in the aisle because we're going after young adults who don't have little kids at home. Like, we want this to be fabulous. And we were just told no over and over and over. So, you know, it's one of those fun stories, you know, our last round that we just closed. I had 32 VCs fighting to try and uh, lead the Series A. 
And, and it was just like, where were you guys? Where were you guys in the beginning? Like you're not visionaries, you know? So we had to stick to our guns and trust our intuition, but um, it was a fun, fun start to all of this. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code POD. That's ShipStation.com with the code POD. So, well, I think once you actually, and especially in today's market, you have data, as long as it is good data, like that's where, you know, they're not risk takers, right? Like so many of these VCs are, you know, I mean, they, they are wait and see lemmings, right? That jump on. And there's certainly, there are some exceptions, but there are many VCs that have never operated a company before and won't don't see the new categories. So I, I'm not surprised to hear that at all, but I'm so happy that you did it. So did you originally just raise through angels? Yeah. So we started through angels. I think it was my my founding team member, Molly. She's like, my next door neighbor, he has water buffaloes. I think he can write a check for a few thousand. I was like, sweet, we'll take it. That was our first check. So yeah, we started with angels and then a very, you know, we did find some incredible partners. Um, Springdale, Genevieve from Springdale came on um, in the very early days. We have Willow. We now have incredible um, VC and institutional money around the table. But yeah, we started very catch as catch can and tried to make 10 pounds of little noodles. And we did all of this during um, COVID actually. So it was 2020 when we incorporated so we're, you know, FedEx, I mean, couldn't even be together. We're FedExing little, you know, awful brown, weird baggies of noodles all over the country trying to, to make this go. Um, but it, we actually used, um, we kind of leaned on our community. We actually started with 3,000, what we call our do-gooders. Our community is called our do-gooders because um, we're goodles and we're noodles gooder. Um, so our do-gooders, we had 3,000 of them. So we were shipping these little baggies all over the country until people were giving us like 10 out of 10, hands down, 98% likelihood to buy, all that kind of stuff. So um, then we felt like, okay, I think we're ready. I think we're ready to put this into, into, out into the world. And so we did. We launched uh, at the very end of 2021, and and we did just have our our second birthday. We just turned our got went into our terrible twos. So we're excited to, for what's what's ahead. I love it. So obviously, your product tastes great. How would you describe it to somebody? How does it differ? Be, besides being better for you, I I you know the taste is amazing, and I think that today, gone are the days where you can launch a product that tastes terrible, right? You have to, especially if you're going up against a big category as you guys are. So what are the key things that you wanted in a product that were, um, that you were not going to launch, um, unless you could get that? Well, you're totally spot on. It just shocks me in that natural products, how many things just don't taste good. It's like, God, didn't you have friends who like loved you enough to tell you that that was not worth launching? Um, so our, you know, taste, 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 number one, number two, number three, it has to just totally taste delicious. And even the brief was like, make something taste absolutely awesome and then cram in as much of the nutrition as you can. And I swear, I mean, even with like our protein, we don't round up. So it was like, you know, it was right there. It was like, 
something point nine two. And I was like, Molly, can't you like put in like this much more? We just round up and we'll just call it 16 grams of protein per cup. She's like, probably for sure. So we try it and I swear you can taste something. And we're like, take it back down. Just take it back down. It has to be delicious. And so taste is the most important thing. And that's why the story of your son was so funny at the beginning, because I don't love telling people what's in it. And I love that the box is so beautiful and, and, and sexy and all of those sorts of things. It doesn't look healthy. And because if you are like, hey, who wants to try some mac and cheese that has, uh, you know, chlorella, which is a freshwater algae in it, you're not going to have a whole lot of takers. But if you say, who wants amazing, delicious mac and cheese? And then they get it home and that's when they start looking at it and they're like, oh gosh, I don't know. Is this going to, ah, how is this going to be? I'd much rather you take a bite first and go, what is this? I love it. And then you tell them what's inside and then you got them, you got them hooked. So it's like taste first and then nutrition is, it's, it's a, it's a sub bullet, but it is the reason why, you know, fitness fans, athletes, we got, you know, tons of our investors are this, this, this athlete community because they're obsessed with the protein. They're obsessed with the nutrition. They're obsessed with the fiber, the low glycemic index, like all of those sorts of things are great, but that's all on the side of the box. Like if you're a health nut, you're going to look and you're going to be like, oh yay, it has algae in it. Um, if, but if we're going up against Kraft and Annie's and we're here to build a billion dollar company, yeah, we're going to hide that fact. It's just got to be up. So I think it's that magic. Like, it doesn't have to be one or the other. You know, we have a little tagline, which is, you know, they lied. You can have it all. You don't have to choose between taste and nutrition. And so um, that's just our founding uh, principle. And it's our, you know, the way that we produce every single product that we that we release. The other thing that I should mention is flavors, right? If you're going to be, say that mac and cheese is not just for kids anymore, when we launched, it did sound a little crazy. We were launching with like the classic orangey one. You know, if you love, if you grew up on craft, you're going to love that one. And if the classic white cheddar, which is called Shella Good, um, if you love that one and you grew up on that one, that's going to be your fave. Um, but we also launched with some weird ones. We launched with Twist My Parm. We launched with a Cacio e Pepe, which, you know, like little kids are like, oh, what are the little black things in there? And you're like, it's pepper. It's, you know, it's really relaxed. That one's for your mom and dad. <laughs> may not be for you, but we've just, you know, continued to go with that. We've got down the hatch, which is a hatch chili popper. We've got some spicy ones. Hey, hey, elote. We've got shaved black truffle, um, which is a huge, huge hit. And there are some foodie kids who love it, but we are actually massively growing the category. So at one of our mass retailers, um, 81% incremental to the category. So 81% of the people who are buying Goodles have never purchased a box of mac and cheese ever, ever at the store. So here is yeah. this multi-billion dollar market that's now way bigger because we saw that mac and cheese isn't just for kids. So it's really fun. That's awesome. What was your first store, by the way? Target, 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 Target. We did a national launch with Target, but you know we didn't know any buyers there. We had no way to get in there. We had never launched before. We had no retail data before. So it was a, it was a total total long shot. Um, but we kind of snuck and snuck our way in and got a 15 minute meeting for this launch pad program that we totally didn't um, deserve to be in, but it gave us 15 minutes in front of the buyer. And uh, she's like, you're not getting into this launch pad program. You're totally ineligible. We're like, oh, really? Are we? Um, but we got our 15 minutes in front of her and the rest is history. We did a national launch 
across the country. And uh, yeah, we're now selling not just there, but across all of our stores. We just crossed a major milestone, which is um, selling one box every two seconds right now across the country. So crazy. I love that. So you mentioned Gal Godot, who uh, you'd known for a while. Um, how did she get involved in the brand? Um, well, she and I had known each other before I started this project. And I talked to her about other things. I knew that she was like, kind of had never done anything like been done anything like this before and was really curious. Um, so when I pinged her, I was like, hey, what do you think about mac and cheese? And she's like, oh, my God. So I guess when she was growing up, um, in Israel, her aunt and uncle would ask all of the kids, Hey, what do you want us to bring from the States? And some kids would ask for toys. Others would ask for music. The only thing she asked for was a giant box of, at the time it was Kraft mac and cheese, but like obsessed with, um, mac and cheese. So I was, she's like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, no, I'm not kidding. And, um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a really amazing collaboration. You know, she's got a hundred and 10 million followers or something like that. So that really helps to get the word out, you know, because if you got to buy all those eyeballs and pay for those with paid media, whew, can't raise that much. So. So fun. So your branding is so fun and unique and aims to tap into uh, nostalgia, I feel like, but also is a little weird. Um, and I know you've, you've talked a little bit about that. I appreciate that. Yeah. I love it. Can, so how have you thought about branding? You've been involved in other brands. You've been around uh, watching other brands. Uh, so how did you think about you know the branding of this and how would you explain it to others? Um, well, I think that strategically, um, we just knew mac and cheese is joy. Like it, it is, is, there's maybe... I don't know. I can't think of anything else that the world can agree upon right now other than our love for mac and cheese. But whether you are north or south, left or right, political party affiliations, rich, poor, skin color of skin, everyone loves mac and cheese. And and to be able to give something that tastes so good and give the nutrition, it's just joy. And so we really wanted a branding experience that was just joy, um, weird, um, all of those sorts of things. So strategically, we just knew we'd also be going up against, you know, two very, very big corporations in Kraft and General Mills and really well run and incredibly, um, you know, well financed and companies. Um, and you just can't outspend them. We can't out coupon them. We can't out slotting fee them. We can't rent cuter kids for our commercials. We can't afford commercials. So, we kind of have to, what we can do is we can be more authentic. We can, and we can outweird them. So everything from the crazy colors to the crazy names, um, people usually just get a huge smile on their face when they see the names of our, of our products. Um, and we even go even weirder. Like for example, on April Fool's, there are so many names that we would never choose for in a commercial, uh, you know, for a commercial enterprise. Lots of names get on the cutting room floor. Let's just put it that way. Either they are so not PC or they are just like so corny and stupid. But on April Fool's every year, we like to bring them back. So we'll put on our website some of the names. And, you know, just as an example, this past April Fool's, you know, um, Twist My Parm became Kiss My Asiago. Um, we had all like everything just switched out and we were, we made it clear. We we're like coming never and April fools. Like we made it clear that it was a total joke. But on that day we sold 16 X 
the revenue. We had 16 times the sales of our normal day just by being that weird. It cost us no money, but it's just, you know, it's, it's small, it's scrappy. We don't have an agency. We film everything in-house. Um, our, this is the team. You can't see my headquarter office here, but we film everything here in Santa Cruz. And I think that in general, like the world roots for underdogs. And I think they like that scrappy thing. So I don't know, we just closed a bunch of funding, but we're not getting an agency. We're not going to get suddenly like new fancy marketing. Like this is working. Let's just keep being weird. So that's kind of philosophically, that's all we got is to go up against some of these big, big, big brands. Um, But really it's an extraordinary lineup of branding people that I've hired here. Um, We have a creative director um, in Dan, who's incredible. My partner, Paul, is a branding professor. We have so many like incredible branding minds around the table. So I think we also punch our weight above our weight in terms of talent on the brand side, um, which is super key to all of this. We might be a startup, but the talent is like top tier. What are some of the most popular uh, Goodles good, good uh, flavors? I mean, you've talked about some of them, like the the mac and cheese. And what would, I guess, what has been the most surprising to you as you've, uh, you've, You've invigorated a category, right, in many ways. Um, but what has been kind of surprising to you? Um, yeah, so I think I, I, it surprised really all of us, you know, because um, if you think about it, you know, craft as an example, you know, that blue box sells the vast majority. They have a very long tail of other things, but it's more than 90% of their sales is that one, that one skew. Same thing with Annie's. You probably, it's the iconic, the white shells, like that is the vast majority of their sales. And then there's a long tail of little stuff. So I think what's shocking here is that everything that we launch, it's not cannibalizing anything else. Like people are like, oh, that one sounds good too. Oh, that one sounds good too. And it's like, if there's eight things on shelf, the basket is eight things. If there's nine things on shelves, they're buying nine of them. They want to try all of them. And it's, again, it's back to the mindset. You know, little kids are locked. Their palettes are very simple. So if you're buying for your kids, they like the white one or they like the orange one. So those are always going to be our top sellers because it's both nostalgic, the ones that, you know, you grew up with. And it's also the ones that kids kind of love. But the truth is like, this, it's not a long tail. Like all of these other flavors, they just keep growing basket size and growing basket size. And we keep thinking, is it going to start cannibalizing something? And it's not. Um, the other one that's surprising all of us um, is vegan. Um, we mm-hmm. launched what I think is the, well, it must be because we are the number one vegan selling mac and cheese in the country now um, in our format. So um, vegan sales are like off the charts. Um, and I haven't told anybody this, but since it's so close, I feel like I got to tell you and your listeners, um, but that we are finally launching our gluten-free Mac, which has been the day we launched, people have been begging for a gluten-free noodle and a gluten-free mac and cheese. And we have both a vegan one and a a non-vegan one that's launching in just the next couple of weeks. And I think those are going to be just giant uh, hits because it just tastes so much better than everything that exists out on the market. So, um, anyway, sneak peek to your listeners. There you go. Super, super exciting. So what's been your go-to-market strategy? You mentioned Target was your initial partner, obviously direct to consumer is such a big part of anybody's brand. 
we've talked to many people who have started out as D2C and then gone into retail or as we did at Hint, we did retail and then went strong into D2C. But I'm so curious, like, where do you see this brand overall going and what is the strategy there? Yeah. Well, we knew we would always want to be where mac and cheese is sold. So that is mostly in retail. It's not mostly on D2C. So we had to launch D2C because um, that's the only thing that we can control. We couldn't get any buyers to take us in the early days. So when we launched, we were D2C only. Um, and that was helpful just because you know I thought we had five months of inventory and we sold out in less than two weeks. Um, so it was like, okay, we got to make some more noodles quick. Wow. Um, so, but D2C is really, has always been kind of the core that's always there to your point. It's so strategically important because we own that relationship. We know them, we can talk to them, we can pull them, we can say, hey, talk to us about this format. Hey, anyone gluten-free? Let's talk. And we want to do some sampling with you. So we can pull them, we can ask them questions. Um, We just can facilitate that relationship so well. So we always launch, every new flavor launches D2C first. So it might go yay to Target or might be a Whole Foods um, coming soon to Whole Foods, but D2C gets every flavor first. So if you ever want to try the latest Goodles, everything is at Goodles.com and we always launch there first and then it rolls into retail afterwards. Um, So we knew that we were always going to be very omni-channel and over time D2C would get smaller and smaller as a percentage of the whole, which is exactly what has happened. Um, But we've never really... Um, you know, invested in the online advertising. Like we actually shut all of that off and those sorts of things. We just use it as a very organic channel to build real brands, build mm-hmm. relationships um, and really uh, secure, you know, do have a great loyal following through our, our D2C brand. But most of our sales are through retail now, for sure. So what's been the most challenging part of growing this company? You've, you are a serial entrepreneur, but you know, have you grown a brand that I guess has this much possibility from scratch and, and, and what is new, uh, to you that you were, you're like, you know, hopefully you don't lose sleep every night, but certainly there's, there's moments in growing a brand where you're just like, uh, you know, this is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We get that feeling all the time. You know, I think the hardest, never before have I built built anything or that has been this like quickly um, beloved. Um, We have people who've tattooed branding on their bodies. Um, We have people dressing up like people we don't know dressing up as mac and cheese as Chetty Mac for Halloween. We have celebrities calling and asking if we can do bulk shipments for baby showers. We are, we have Kardashians showing up at like our mac and cheese brunch. And we're like, what are you talking about? So it's, there's, you know, people creating content for us and filming commercials. And there's this fanaticism that I've never, never experienced before. And it's just an honor to be a part of it for sure, to be inspiring this. I think the speed at which this is going is the part that keeps all of us um, up at night. I mean, you know, we're at a scale that I thought we'd be in, in, you know, eight years and here we are at two years. I mean, you know, we're, you know, that's growing out of a co-man, moving on to another, moving on to another, like it's all part of how you scale a brand, but doing it this fast, um, it's hard. Like it feels like 
careening around every corner as if like the wheels might come off. And I think that's the reason why this team is so essential to success. Like this is a very veteran and senior team who's been there, done this many, many times. So when you're, if you're driving down, you know, if you're building a brand that takes forever and you're going five miles per hour down the road, you can look out the window and like see a pothole and, you know, slowly steer around it. But if you're going this fast, and you're gonna you hit a pothole going light speed like this, there's a chance for the whole thing to kind of rattle apart. So we need team members who are looking ahead, who are thinking ahead, who have a contingency plan. And oh, by the way, have a contingency plan to the contingency plan. Like we have to be thinking about those things in advance. And this is a team that has that. I mean, it's like rumor is that in 2026, this one ingredient might get more expensive. And already we're running line trials in North Dakota in the middle of winter and doing something, something in order to like test and make sure that we've got three options ready to go in case that happens in 2026. I'm just like, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. So, but that kind of looking ahead um, and also maintaining a culture while you're scaling so fast. Like it was so fun. There was like six of us and we all did everything together. Oh my gosh, we can't do that anymore. Otherwise the whole thing would fall apart. So that scaling part and keeping culture intact, it's probably 80% of my job now. And it used to be two. It's tough. It's tough. You know, are you, are you primarily remote as well still? Um, we have a headquarters here in Santa Cruz and a majority of the company is here at this office. Um, it's definitely the full marketing team, a big part of the ops team. We have our test kitchen here. So like a core group, the one that kind of creates content together is all the physically together, but sales is remote, um, you know, all geographically dispersed across the country. So we have like half the company that's, that's, you know, out and about, so that bringing people back together, having those touchstone moments, what we call homecoming, um, in doing fun things together as is is tough. Like it becomes a bigger and bigger part of our day day to day is keeping keeping that connection to the that spark and that thread from the very beginning. Even if it was two years ago, um, it's still tons of new people who weren't there at the beginning. They didn't hear all those early stories. So you just become a storyteller over and over and over. No, I love that so much. So last question, I'd love for you to share, maybe it's a nugget of inspiration or somebody may have shared something with you over the years that just like you think back on, it's really helped you to kind of get back up and grow because being an entrepreneur, there's way easier ways to make money. It's so hard. And, you know, the risk of failure is very high. Um, and I, as I try and share with people, part of the, the biggest reason why I love doing this podcast is because I get to hear all kinds of stories and there's a consistent thread, no matter what industry, you know, it's, it's hard, right? It's hard work, but maybe there's some, you know, nugget of inspiration or success tip that you can give to somebody who's listening, who's a first time startup founder, or maybe is thinking about starting their own business. Like, what would you say to that? You know, um, it really is. So I I mean, I guess the cautionary part is it takes so much life force to do this. Just really, really, really run through it all on paper because my my co-founder and I, Paul, we like to talk, you know, if you go to Vegas and you play a slot machine, which I don't do, but if you did do that, um, you know, the only way you win anything is if it's cherry, 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 cherry. If there's one lemon or one banana, 
you get nothing. And startups are like that. So if you're assessing whether you're going to go spend the next 12 years of your life, at least, or you're the rest of your life doing this, like at least make sure that it feels like there's a chance at cherry, 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 cherry. Because it's, it's like if there's, oh, it's all pretty good, except there's really no way to scale it. We'll figure that out or whatever the thing is, except it's just hard. So I think, you know, even if you, if it doesn't turn out to be all cherries, just be honest with yourself because it's such a big commitment um, that you're going into it with the best possible chance. But once you commit and once you go in, I mean, I think I've learned this lesson so many times and it's just worth sharing, you know, with anyone. If you are a founder and if you are a CEO, you are in charge. And once you, if you hear no from so many people and they're like, no, you really should have broccoli doing push-ups on the box. And you just hear it over and over. I think that in, in earlier in my career, I would have said, God, maybe they're right. Maybe we do need some broccoli doing push-ups on the box because they're so smart and they're such VCs and they made so much money and they touch so many things. Maybe they're right and I'm wrong. And it's like, I, I think I learned in the early days and I keep learning it over and over. It's like, if you're going to succeed, at least do it on your terms, do it your way. Um, you know, but to like take their advice and go down a path that doesn't feel right to your intuition. Like those are the only times in my career that I've really faltered is trying to follow someone else's path. Um, you gotta like, and if it's going to go down in flames, at least it's going to go down in flames because of my choices. Um, so I guess that's my, my other thing to everyone is just listen to your intuition on this stuff. No one knows your business like you do. And just because they have more money or titles or whatever it is, they don't know. They don't know like you do. So I don't know. Those are my quick thoughts. I love that. So Jen Zezit, co-founder and CEO of Goodles. So excited uh, for you to share all of your wisdom with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And everybody needs to grab a box or 10 of Goodles for sure. Uh, and we'll have all the info in the show notes. But thanks again for your wisdom and best of luck with everything. Thanks again for listening to The Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. I would love to hear from you too, so feel free to DM me. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my Wall Street Journal bestselling book, Undaunted, where I share more about my journey, including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thanks for listening and goodbye for now.